0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael.
1: Yeah, I'm just here to defend myself since apparently every time you guys have a podcast, you just make fun of me or insult me in some way.
0: Yeah, so he was listening last week when we, when one of the, the Twitter listeners. Shane Huffman, I believe. Oh, look at that. You even have his name. Yeah. Suggested that I we care. get. Yeah, well, yeah. Suggested we have Labar on to talk about recruiting going into the early signing period. And I guess I said he was a douche or something.
1: He said I had made a douche comment back.
0: Oh yeah, I I don't even remember what you said. I don't. I'm not even sure the conversation happened. But Labar's joining me tonight. McDonald is claiming he's sick. I don't know. Excuse me. I don't know if I buy it. I don't. I, I just
1: have you noticed that every time I'm on here, he's not here. There's that's not a coincidence. I feel like.
0: Yeah and we talked about you having you on before he said he wasn't going to be here. So I think he just wanted to drop out. Um, we've got quite a bit to talk about with, um, football with, there's the early signing period that starts Wednesday morning. Um, unless you listen to this first thing after we upload, it's going to be, uh, in the early signing period. Um, Between our last recording, the Matt Wells contract details have been released. Um, And then, of course, we got to talk about basketball. We've got uh, the big game this week against Duke on Thursday night, Madison Square Garden. And then your question. So what what do you want to talk about first with football? You want to talk about the Wells contract or you want to talk about recruiting?
1: Let's talk about recruiting because I'm sure that's the main reason why, why I'm here anyway.
0: Yeah. No, well not the only reason. Oh a, every a, time
1: I'm on here is always recruiting our baseball. So
0: and that's okay. It is okay. Um the other thing of note I wanted to uh to point out, we had a a new listener join the twenty three personnel family last oh, this week. This is hilarious. And he live tweeted his listening experience. And it was like uh, I'm gonna say like a car wreck, but not because like What he said was bad. It was, we couldn't look away. Like, we were just like, what's he going to say next? What's he going to say next?
1: I was working, so I didn't really get
0: updates. (laughs) I had to read through it later. It was great live. It really was. One of the biggest things was we had a really lengthy conversation to start the podcast about our, our top five movie vehicles. And Which, I know. By I, the
1: way, Michaels was way better oh, than yours. Oh, whatever. I just want to make that point clear right now.
0: We all know that you've got some some questionable opinions on things, food included. Um. But now that I, I've drawn this out for you know a minute, the biggest thing that he was talking about was like, well, I'm listening to a Texas Tech sports podcast, and there was no Texas Tech sports in the first 20 minutes.
1: Which is funny because when you were first starting it, I think you jumped right into sports and. All the STP people were like, yeah, all the sports podcasts I listen to have another topic.
0: Yeah, well, so, we kind
1: of, so it's kind of our fault.
0: It may have been. Um, the other thing is we went really long. I think we were at an hour and a half last week. My brother, uh, when when he was asking me, um, when we dropped from recording twice a week to, down to once a week, was asking, like, or he told us, well, you, you need to be recording like two plus hours. I, I need content. Well, I don't know if we're gonna do that. Well, I have
1: to make a five two hour, hours. I have to make a five hour drive on a Friday, so hopefully there's enough where
0: I can at least cut part of that trip down. Well, I don't know if you want to listen to your own podcast again. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I've ever listened to a full episode. I'm all, usually I like the first like the first download, just to check make sure everything's working. Yeah. I don't know if I ever listen to the whole thing.
1: Well, uh, I'm one of those people that hates hearing my voice because I think I have a very monotone, boring vo- voice.
0: This mic helps a little bit, so. <laughs> It's really whether I'm in the mood or not. Well, four and a half minutes in, we're getting to sports. So let's do recruiting. We are looking at the Texas Tech recruiting class. Um, If you don't follow the possible Red Raiders weekly recruiting updates on Staking the Planes, I don't think
1: anybody caught that I had a huge error last weekend. First of all, I have, I have errors all the time in my story. But if you <laughs> notice on Twitter, if you go to the Stick in the Plains, it says, Possible Red Raiders, a weekly recruiting. And then it just ends it. That's it? I, I forgot <laughs> to add the rest of it. I did it like Sunday night.
0: Babar is our recruiting writer expert for STP. Does a weekly update. The biggest thing, again, whereas we're getting ready for signing day, which starts Wednesday the 19th. Um, sorry. I'm trying to like change pages on my phone, and it's I just missed a button. So we're good. This episode is brought to you by Fat Fingers. Yup. Okay. Sorry. So currently, Texas Tech has 15 verbal commitments. Um, I think there was the there was a story that came out uh, recently that. Coach Matt Wells is expecting to sign about a dozen players tomorrow. Um, So you would think most of the guys that are committed will be signing. Um, And they include, oh, let's start on the offensive side. Quarterback Maverick McIver. McIver. Great name. I I still stand by. That's a superstar name. It is. The best thing, though, was when the Trevor, sorry, Travis Kuntz committed. Oh, yeah. And he goes by Iceman. So. Maverick to Iceman is, is going to be a thing. They're call Kenny Loggins. You're entering the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, <Tom> definitely. <laughs> um, offensive lineman Trevor Roberson, he's expected to sign. He decommitted and recommitted for a little bit. Um, Landon well, Peterson. Well, I
1: don't think he really decommitted. I think he was just committed on the fence and then just yeah, kind okay. of said, yeah, I'm here.
0: Landon Peterson, offensive line from Permian, Odessa. Odessa, Permian is expected to sign. Simon Gonzalez, the... High school tight end is expected to sign. Uh, Travis Kuntz, the Juco tight end, is expected to sign. Let's see. Who else is on offense? Bryce
1: Robinson. Well, actually, that's defense. But that's defense. But, uh, he is expected to
0: sign, though. Trey Ke- Cleveland, wide receiver, Cameron Contrell. They're all expected to sign. On the defensive side, you've got, oh, I'm going to butcher his name, Gilbert Abineme, defensive end. I think they did a pretty good job by that. Yeah. Well, so sorry, I skipped over Velton Gardner, and I think that was the one guy that was—he's committed, but he's not expected to sign tomorrow, Wednesday. Whenever you listen to this, he's that. Yeah, um, I think he's on the fence a little bit. Um, athlete, running back, inside receiver type guy from Skyline. Um, there was a a offer that went out either late last week or early this week to the Illinois running back commit. I, I think he reaffirmed his commitment to illinois recently but that may have been a little not like not like you were wavering in your confidence with with garden
1: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables Ooh, yum and how you get the most out of
0: select can't miss events With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
1: Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in.
0: Oh, Burger time.
1: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
0: I could stay here forever.
1: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort, meets convenience. Download the app or visit carvana.com today.
0: But maybe he'd indicated he was going to keep looking, so you didn't want to miss out on a running back. We can't
1: just not, we can't just you know, you have to make you have to make multiple offers because you don't want to have a class of nobody at certain position if you need one.
0: Yep, especially when you're losing. Oh, who who are
1: you losing at running back next year? Trey King, um, Demarcus Felton. I, I, so I think you're losing. It. Yeah, you're losing two guys. Because I think I think we yeah Ward returns. You still have the freshman Henry. Or, yeah, Henry and Tarajic Thompson.
0: And with Thompson being able to redshirt, he and Henry will kind of separate a little bit where. Henry will be a sophomore. Thompson will be a freshman. Um, Do you know where Thompson's from? No, I'm blanking. And I, I with the look on your face, I, I feel like I should know this. No, this Ir- Irving guy. Irving, of course. I
1: already counted he didn't go to an Irving public high school, so I don't really include him in my
0: obsessive Irving athletes and coaches, <laughs> but he is an Irving guy. Um. Also on defense, you've got a guy, uh, Alex Hogan. He's a cornerback that's committed. Tyreek Matthews linebacker. I know he's expected to sign. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hogan's one of those guys that was decommitted but recommitted once he talked to Wells.
0: Um, there's one guy we haven't heard of and it's Cooper Lake out of Bowie Austin. Uh, he was, I think he's the blue shirt offer. I don't remember. He's been asked to come in and I'm not exactly how, I'm not, not exactly remembering. Sorry. I can't speak tonight apparently. Not remembering exactly how a blue shirt works. If it's uh if he comes in like next December I to say, count against the next class or
1: I wanna say blue shirts one of those deals where maybe he's or maybe this is gray shirt thing where
0: he's not on scholarship for like a year. Hmm. I don't remember exactly. Maybe. But then you got another defensive end, Tony Bradford. The linebacker, Bryce Robinson. I know Robinson's expected to sign. Yes. Cameron Cantrell. I think I've already said that. So those are your current commits. I think, like I said, the majority of that class is expected to sign. There's some other guys that were committed elsewhere that are possible slash probable. There was a defensive back that recently decommitted from Nevada, Dominic Tatum. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like his crystal ball projection is 100% to Texas Tech, so that should be... Well, I mean, it's one of those things where
1: he told 24-7 Sports, uh, if you go (laughs) to my possible Red Raider update, he has the link to that story, that he was basically between Nevada, Colorado State, and Texas Tech, and obviously decommitting from Nevada is basically saying you're out of it, so it's us and Colorado State at this
0: point. But I would expect him to come to Texas Tech. Sorry about the dog. She's upset that we have a guest guest here at the house. We are at HQ South tonight since mcdonald decided he was quote too sick um then of course you've got guys that were formally committed that are still on the fence about recommitting like stephen parker um luckily luckily for texas tech he's waiting i think it's i think he
1: likes us still i believe tcu's in contention i can't remember the other school but we're still going to be in it till the end oh uh, kansas too because of emma jones and he you know he's a I believe he's a former South Oak Cliff guy, so that makes sense.
0: Yes, I I think Emmett Jones was the head coach at South Oak Cliff. He was before he came to Texas. Yeah,
1: because we got a um, long time ago, we got two recruits that end up doing nothing for us. Uh, J.F. Thomas didn't even come here because of grades, and Jamaal Johnson is, is he still on the roster?
0: I I'm know pretty he, sure he is cuz he got he was he came as a as a safety and then got yeah he was a high moves. 4
1: star low four star safety and I, and I remember the most interesting thing about his recruitment is I liked him a lot but he like was committed to Texas then he was committed to North Carolina then he was committed to somewhere else and then he committed to Texas Tech he sw- flipped over on signing day so he yes. was committed to like four different schools
0: he he was from South Oak Cliff from the 2015 signing class As a prospect, it was a 24-7. Yeah, that was that big 2015 class that had a – that would have been even bigger if we had a Carlos Thompson, Jared Stenham, and a few other guys stay put. Yep. Um, The guy you already mentioned, J.F. Thomas, was a high four-star guy that didn't end up making it anywhere. Um, Connor Dyer ended up not playing because of
1: injury. injury, Madison Kimnan, who's on the offensive line, on and on again, off again starter. Brent Fioco transferred to LSU. I don't – I think he's a rotating player there. I don't think he's like, has a huge impact so far that, that was weird. Cause that was such a, this one of these, like if you were, if you're on the stars, don't matter fence, this is one of those cases where that 2015 class, maybe out of all of cliffs, early classes
0: might've been the most disappointing out of the group. In terms of like actually performing on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, production they just, wise. yeah. they just vanished. Um, for a little bit of history, let's actually go back and look at that real quick. Brain Verhoko, Cory Delphine. Oh, Corey
1: Delphine, oh my gosh.
0: He's at uh he's at he, Tulane currently. Yeah, he
1: it? committed in January the year prior and I was really excited about him and we he's knew, a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew he was gonna be good. He was unranked at the time and you know, uh, there's this theory that when guys commit to tech the rankings go down a little bit. Well, he committed to tech and you can't a four star. Yeah, he was your
0: second highest commit of the class behind Braden Vuhoko. For whatever reason, he just couldn't, I don't know if he couldn't figure out the
1: playbook or what, but he just couldn't really see the field except for like one play where he scored a 25
0: yard touchdown and everybody freaked out about it. Yep. Um, Also in that class, you mentioned Madison Akamnanu. Connor Dyer went to to the same high school as he did, but he medically retired. Was was that the thing? Yeah, Yeah.
1: it was a medical thing.
0: Jameel Johnson, uh, Tony Brown was in that class. Yeah, he transferred to Colorado. Kikikuti, Kuti probably the Kiki Kuti's hi- turned out pretty well. Okay, so we're one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh on the list in terms of like highest rating. So we're one for seven so far. Two for seven two for with seven. Uh, Madison Akamnau. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: Jonathan Giles also in that class.
0: Yeah,
1: thousand yard season transfer LSU that has done
0: nothing there. Devonte Hinton, he vanished. Yeah, I think recently
1: he he, he did well for like a season. Then I? I don't he transferred. I can't remember why. Trace Ellison, oh, he's, sure. he he got he got it. he he was part of the yes. the Robinson and they had Dakota Allen burglary yep. uh, arrest
0: Broderick Washington there's a the guy he's that's pretty on the good list. He's long pretty view good. guy
1: Quan Shorts he he got kicked off the team for yep wasn't it like buying weed or something
0: it was like his second or third possession
1: yeah I think of I think it was that the this apartment complex called Scarlet or something and I. And I'm pretty sure I know where he got it too, because there were some apartments <laughs> near me that there was a there definitely was something going on.
0: Yeah, uh, Dante Thompson was in that class. He's still on the roster, doing okay.
1: I mean, you know, I mean, he's a lower recruit, but he's, I think he's done all right for what he was expected to do.
0: Christian Taylor,
1: he's on the roster, or he's. I think he's a special just, teams linebacker at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Lonzel Gilmore. Defensive end.
1: I I I had high hopes for him just because of how athletic he gifted he is, but I don't think he quite figured it out. Cody Wheeler, isn't he? A, I think he's offensive lineman. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's backup or third string or. Just, I think he's still in the roster.
0: Terrence Steele, offensive lineman. He's a starter. Yeah, he's actually probably your second
1: best one out of the group, and he's I think your lowest rated recruit that year.
0: Just about right above uh, Paul Banks. Um, and then unrated Paul stay wars.
1: Yeah. Starting center. So, and so if you're on the starters don't matter group, that was a really strong class for you.
0: You had 20, 20 commits. And I think of those 25,
1: I would say, I think made s- it s- six arm. or seven are on the roster and maybe four were acceptable with how they turned out. Yeah.
0: Not, not optimal put it that way.
1: Yeah. We're <laughs> um, probably getting a little bit off topic here. Okay. Dog be quiet. Yeah. The dogs tell us to move on too. Yep.
0: Um, currently your, your, your 2019 recruiting class is ranked eighth in the big 12,
1: um, which is coaching turnover. So don't freak out.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where we're, we were kind of preaching for a couple of weeks that you really could consider your, your recruiting class zeroed out that the whole thing had to be rebuilt nationally. Uh, you're 58th. Um, so you've got some some room to build. Uh, this is not the end of the recruiting cycle. Obviously, you've got two more months. Well, yeah, you
1: can still add four-star Stephen Parker. You can still add that athlete from uh, California that's now open. I believe they offered a offensive lineman. I can't remember from where, but he basically had an offer from Utah State. So um, Matt Wells knows him well. If you like punters, they offered the – best punter in the nation. So
0: they did because the guy, your, your current or your most recent punter kicker commit flipped to TCU this week. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, there's Peyton
1: Powell. Um, I heard, I think someone made a comment about him not having a tech offer. I think at one point he did. I don't know if that still stands or not, but it's another Permian kid decommitted from Texas. We, we may be able to see him, which if you're in that group of recruiting local guys, you have to be happy that Trevor Robinson and, uh, Blinking on his name, Landon Peterson
0: are both committed Texas Tech, being from Odessa and the Amarillo area. Yep. So I'm I'm currently going through some of your your uh, confirmed offer list. Uh, you had a, a previous commit, Levante Chennault, decommitted.
1: Yeah, he's probably gone. I think he's likely going to Kansas. If I had to guess, following Emmett Jones. Um. See who else? Sorry, I'm like scrolling through. this I list. know you had Brandon Joseph, D committed, but he's now head of Northwestern. Mar- Markel Reed, another defensive back, he's headed to Boise State. I be- I
0: believe that may be it as far as
1: former commits go.
0: Looks that way. Um, sorry, I'm going through the uh, the list here. You're probably set on defensive end with the two commits you've got. And I mean, obviously, you would welcome Stephen Parker back. Um, I mean, well, I, I'm guessing I'll we'll probably add a few
1: more guys, and so maybe we'll see a couple more offers in the next week or two, but they'll be like, you know, le- uh, last-second guys that weren't highly recruited or anything, just uh, some coach saw something in them or they need a void and think that person can do so.
0: The biggest thing is I, I Oh, think- there's
1: also a—I forgot his name, but there's some Juco corner— Oh, there we go. Bryant— Brywin Murray, who's a JUCO cornerback, he's basically siding between Texas Tech is he and Virginia cornerback Tech.
0: Cornerback or a linebacker? Cornerback,
1: which is good considering they Texas Tech had like five defensive backs that I think four of them decommitted. One of them ended up committing back, but so I you're, think you're, I think Keon you're Stewart net minus three. <laughs> yeah, I think Keon Stewart still still um, has his recruitment open, so we can still get him back. But yeah. Yeah, he's a
0: corner from Coffeyville.
1: Yeah, so they still need another cornerback, so that makes sense.
0: Um, yeah, the uh, from the the offer list, the, the confirmed offer list, you've got some some guys that's still available. Obviously, Wells is out there, and his staff are evaluating, making offers, and going to continue to build on that class.
1: And of course, this you know he's been going at it for like a few weeks, so I wouldn't. So when this recruiting class is final, basically in February, I wouldn't judge his recruiting based on this class. I mean, he basically had to put together a broken puzzle and try to fit guys into places. The 2020s class is when I think you can first judge him.
0: Yeah, and it's not like the, the 2019 class is going to be all that bad. You're not going to finish eighth.
1: No, it'll probably um, be
0: seventh or something. Yeah, just, yeah. just a tad better, but it's probably not going to be quite as bad as 58. Um, But speaking of Wells... The contract details came out recently. Six-year, eighteen point eight million dollar contract, which I think is the, the number you've seen thrown out a lot is the, he's going to average three point
1: one million dollars. Yeah, I think that's isn't it slightly below Kingsbury. I believe.
0: I think I think Kingsbury was at three point four when he left.
1: It was something like that. I, I, I remember reading that it
0: was just a tad tad lower than
1: Kingsbury's.
0: So Wells will start off at $2.8 million, and then he gets like a $200,000 raise in the first year, and then $100,000 raise every year after that, the length of his contract. The other thing that came out were the assistant coaches' uh, contracts and salaries that were approved at that point. Where You still have a, a few position coaches you're waiting until after. Well, it's probably after the early signing period, but before February to get those last couple of hires. But guys like Yost and Patterson, their salaries were announced, both will be making six hundred thousand.
1: I think that's a. Uh, I don't know the exact figures for Gibbs, but that sounds like a little more than what Gibbs was getting paid.
0: I think Gibbs was right in that range. Kevin Johns was making three fifty. So it's a, it's quite a bit higher. Well, yeah, Although well, Kevin well, Johns wasn't the acting offensive coordinator like you. Like well yeah, it o- makes sense. Yost Cliff be, Cliff was
1: me. basically the head coach and coordinator. So it made sense that Yost or not Yost uh, Johns didn't quite have this same salary as Gibbs
0: did. Yeah, his was a uh, an inflated position coach salary, essentially. Yeah. Um, then you got guys like Javon Bonite. That is, you're going to be your outside receivers coach, Luke Wells. Um, your inside receivers and tight end coach. Gotta love them tight ends. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited about me too. I've, been, I, I've been a huge. This is not because of Gronk. This is before.
1: Gronk and the Patriots and all that. But I had just always been a huge fan of tight ends. So when I heard that from Yost, I got all giddy. Like, oh boy, we're going to have a bunch of tight ends. Split them out wide. Put them next to the tackle. Put out, put, I'm putting them at fullback. Let's go.
0: Yeah, let's
1: do it. He's he's a big
0: guy. He's like 6'5", 250.
1: What I can't wait... uh Accused double murder. Aaron Hernandez used to be used as a running back. I'm curious <laughs> if Wells will use like maybe Simon Gonzalez
0: since he's a little smaller. Will he use him as a running back? That what? would be very interesting. I'm to me. put Dante Thompson back there. There we go. Because he he's probably on the small side for for what Wells wants or Yost wants as a tight end. Well, did, how, did, how many times do we have in the roster now? We're gonna have Coons. We're gonna have Gonzalez. You have Thompson. It, it, it then it depends on on where the guys that were listed. Is. Fullback end up like if, if yeah. they get moved to offensive line or if they're going to get transition. Because I think I think we heard I, I don't 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 hold me to this, but I think I, I read that Tyler Carr was moved to offensive lineman. But of course he he was one of the bigger yeah he's like six five something he was like six five two fifty or two sixty at that point. somewhere I um, little school. I can't remember top of my head. Who was the other guy? Uh, it was Killian, K- uh, not Caleb Killian. That space Connor Connor <laughs> Killian There's Connor Killian. Um, so I'll be interested to see where they end up, but after signing day, you should have at least three when you, you add the two and then, uh, Dante Thompson, um, and then we'll see where, where, where the other fullbacks end up. I don't, I don't think Yost uses uses a fullback much. I think he, he just runs well, cause he said he runs 11 personnel, 96%. So. The eleven is the one running back, one tight end. Nine. The point I
1: was trying to get as if oh, we have th- me. the point excuse I was me. trying to get at is if we were running if we have three tight ends, could we run twenty three personnel? Oh my gosh, it's it's all coming together. You, you're ahead. Of your time.
0: We we you were knew and this was coming. What was funny is we're like maybe we should rename ourselves the eleven personnel, but like. 23 personnel is actually a lot more of a possibility now than it was. If that happens, you just need to, like, celebrate. We will. We, just, we will definitely celebrate. Just start
1: popping bottles. Hit up the club. <laughs> popping bottles. Oh, my
0: goodness. Um, so the defensive position and assistant coaches are still – I think that's where the, uh, the the gaps are. One guy we didn't, know, we didn't mention on offense is the offensive line coach. He followed Wells and his staff over from Utah State. Um. But then on defensive side, on the defensive side, I think there was some flexibility because Patterson could be coach; he could coach a, a, different, a different, several system. different positions. Yeah. So it allows Wells to go out and find. Okay, well, I'm going to get the best available, whether it's linebackers or defensive backs or defensive line. I think
1: they have a Juice as a defensive back. He goes by Juice. I don't know anything else about his name. I just know he has. Well, a cool and, name and then there.
0: I'll have to look into it. Is is do they differentiate in their coaches between safeties and corners or just defensive backs? So research that should well, have been done before I brought this up.
1: The f- <laughs> I think if, I'm, if I had to guess the fact that you have an outside receivers coach and an inside receivers less tied in coach, I would guess it would just be defensive backs, but I don't know. Because yeah, you have 10 assistants, right? Yep. So Yost is – I don't know if he's going to be like a QB coach also, but Yos offensive coordinator. I would assume so. Yeah, offensive line coach, running back coach, outside receiver, inside
0: slash tight end, and then you have. Is there a running back coach currently on the on the, on the staff, or is that one of the open positions?
1: I think that's an open. I'm not quite sure. Okay. And then you have D line linebacker, uh, defensive back, special teams. That's nine. I'm counting right now. So maybe they so you would. could do safety. So you probably corner. could, unless. Unless Yost is not a QB coach, and then you would need a QB coach in there.
0: Yeah, because you saw with Gibbs, you had a defensive back coach and a safeties coach, because you had um. Oh, I'm blanking on the defensive back coach. Spavital, or was he linebacker? He was linebacker. Um am blanking. They're all canned anyway. But it was it was yeah, it was him, and then there was Brett Dewhurst. He was a safeties coach. What? Then he used to be a GA here. Is that he was right? he was a he was a player here too. Okay, this was a little bit before me. So 2008. <laughs> yeah, I think I actually made a tackle on, on a kickoff in the in the 2008 Texas game. Blew some dude up. Um, so recruiting class. By the time you listen to this, we'll have a, a pretty good jump to it for the 2019 recruiting cycle. Um, once once that gets kind of cleared up wells will have some time to look at filling out the rest of his coaching staff the coaching salary pool which is interesting i I don't know if anybody's like followed up and gotten a a solid answer on this when wells was first hired hokut said that the assistant salary pool would be bigger than it was for kingsbury but when the details were announced it's actually smaller um Okay, the so assistant salary pools. I think three point one million for Kingsbury's. It was like three point four. Uh, he's still got a, a couple positions to hire.
1: Okay, so so that uh, Juice Brown guy I was talking about, he is listed as a defensive backs coach.
0: So corners. <laughs> <laughs> well, we shall see.
1: And for some reason, I thought uh, Luke Wells and Matt Wells are related, but looking at their pictures, I don't think they are.
0: They're not brothers.
1: Well. One is Caucasian, one's African American. So unless they're no, adopted, no,
0: that's that, I think you're not looking at the right different. picture. Then
1: oh yeah, oh never mind. That's the Andre Smith. This <laughs> okay, there are brothers. Man, it's been a long day. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking up at the photo instead of down. Okay, so they they are they are related. Scratch everything I just said in the past 15 seconds. Way to go.
0: Yeah, dude, he looks just like him. Definitely his brother. <laughs> Okay, so... I planned the website. Once we get through signing day on Wednesday, all attention will be turned back to basketball because, you know this, Texas Tech is facing Duke on yes. Thursday night. Could have been a top 10 matchup. Texas Tech actually dropped in the rankings this week. Not a big deal. Everybody, calm How down. do you feel about that, by the and way? I don't care. I don't, you don't care. Yeah, it, here's the thing. It's too soon because you still got... Like We were talking about this before we started. You still have ridiculous AP voters that have their own rules about who gets to be who they will rank where uh, right now without any kind of accountability without there being a level playing field all the way across the early season non-conference part of the schedule rankings don't really mean a whole lot when you start getting into the conference play and everybody's playing conference games it means I mean it, it's a little more even you can take a little bit more more weight with those those rankings but Right now, you dropped from eleven to twelve. You won your game, but your, your strength of schedule has been pitiful outside of like USC and Nebraska. And so that number well, will go I mean, up. USC is
1: like five hundred, <laughs> and literally every Big Twelve team has beaten that Has played them so far, so even that one doesn't even look that great. Really, our only good, our only quote unquote uh, good
0: win unquote is Nebraska. Nebraska, yep. who is ranked twenty-five. But your strength of schedule will go up. On Friday, <laughs> once they, they they log everything. I think they're a tad better than Incarnate Word. I I would hope so. Or uh, Northwestern State, who I think was the lowest-ranked team we've played, in, like in the the power rankings or Ken Palm rankings, <laughs> well, whatever, we're, we're whatever they like, do. We we're,
1: were up like 53 to 10 at halftime or something. Yeah, we were. And the fact that we were like negative 6 or negative 7 in the second half, I was pretty – you saw the slack shot. Well, I
0: wasn't very happy about it. Okay, but you you were playing like your walk-ons in the first half, though. Like has got yeah, in like the, the last first two half. minutes. Yeah, he. But still, like it, it, that's the attitude, even in the first half. Um, but yeah, that, the biggest thing obviously is going to be what the Texas Tech defense is able to do to slow down the Duke offense. Uh, it's one of those <laughs> one of those matchups that everybody keeps pointing to, because Duke. Uh, you know, depending on what kind of power rankings or whatever the, they want to point to, um, not power ranking, sorry, like advanced stats and the, like Ken Palm and that kind of thing. They have like House metric has the metrics. Yeah. They've like the, they either have the number two offense or number six. Um, and Texas tech has got the number one or number two defense. Texas Tech deck is able to force a little bit some turnovers, not as much as it was uh, last year. But the, what they are able to do is keep offenses from scoring easily. They 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 make you run out the shot clock a lot more, and they don't give up open or easy looks. They
1: are first place in opponent field goal percentage, which I guess is pretty good if you rank first place and not allowing your other team to make baskets.
0: Yeah, there was a stat that I saw, and I'm, again, I'm not quoting great numbers, but it was like. The second half defense for the basketball team was ridiculous. Like you were allowing teams to shoot like 20% or 25%. Because yeah, usually,
1: if you look at teams, you've seen this throughout basically Beards era and, uh, and basically throughout college basketball, that you score maybe 30, 40 points in the first half, halftime adjustments, defense get a little bit worn out, and the next half they score 40 to 50 points. Usually, your uh, offense goes up. But if you look at the season's tolls for Texas Tech, the opponent's scoring is actually higher in the first half than the second half, which is very rarely do you see that.
0: Yeah, you, you've had some slow starts, and then just outstanding halftime or in-game adjustments to where you're... I mean, yes, you gave up more points in the second half to like Northwestern State, but that's an well, outlier well, you were he, playing he, so many...
1: Well, so if you only allow 10 points in the first half, it's a little it's, hard. It's hard to keep that up. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, have them
0: score less than that. Right. So... Duke has lost this season. Shocker. They lost to Gonzaga. That was um, a close game, too. It was like a two-point
1: loss. And they almost came back. The thing about that game is I was watching a lot of that Maui tournament. all was for Thanksgiving. Didn't already have much to do. And Duke literally had missed basically three like point-blank like shots slash layups. They could have easily tied that game or won that game. And it was basically a game of who was choking more. Duke would miss a shot or layup. Gonzaga went and missed two free throws. Duke would miss a shot a layup. Gonzaga missed two free throws. Then, at the very end, they missed Duke, missed two layups to lose it. So, it was one of those they could have won, but it was basically who could choke more. Right. But
0: Duke has some unbelievable talent there. So, this is the, the, the ranking stat I was looking at earlier. They have the sixth best two point shoot or two point offense in the country. Um, Gonzaga is the only team that's held Duke under 55% on two point field goal attempts or conversions. Um, which is just ridiculous, right? They're scoring like in their one loss, they were still able to score 55% on their two point uh, attempts, which is just driven by guys like Zion Williamson, who's not a great outside shooter or like a jump shooter. They, um, they rely so heavily on, on, on transition and, and getting you out to run and then just making you look really stupid by dunking and doing all kinds of highlight alley oop type stuff. I think I was joking with somebody, probably like
1: one of my friends, when we scheduled Duke, we were kind of like fake taking bets like who is Diane Williamson gonna poster this game. <laughs>
0: Which I hope gosh, you know you thing really thing hope is, it's
1: not like a I don't know anybody, but like, my, if I had the bet, on my bets on Davide, Day him, him trying to take <laughs> a spot that I, him trying to take a charge and Zion just like Cause he, he, s- slowly moving out of the way to where he like hits his shoulder or something,
0: and it's gonna he's be, gonna get called for like a block and anything. yeah, he's gonna throw be, the dunk down back in his face. I'll,
1: it's either it's <laughs> probably gonna be him or Brandon because both those guys are notorious for they take a lot of charges, but they also
0: they commit a lot of blocks.
1: Yeah, a lot of blocks too. <laughs> so it's probably gonna be one of those
0: two guys. And if it's, not, if it's not Zion Williamson, it's going to be like R.J. Barrett. Or... Who actually
1: may be better than Zion. Zion, obviously, has more hype. He's been known since sophomores because dude can like crank a ball back by his hip and dunk it. I mean, he's one of the freakiest athletes I've ever seen. But R.J. Barrett's probably more polished. And if you have, if I had to bet a guy going off for 30, is probably more likely going to be R.J. Barrett.
0: And the other guy you should know about if you're not con- with those two – if you know about Duke, then, then you know, talk about Cam Reddish. Three-pointers like, for days. Yeah, he, he's going to be the outside threat um, uh, if, if if you commit defense to the inside. You're, keep you're, a body
1: in front of him. That's the, key yeah. for, that's the key for him. Don't let him get open. And actually, another guy we need to keep out for is Trey Jones. A lot of people aren't talking about him because he wasn't a top three player in the nation ah. like the other three guys. I think he was like 21st. But he, but twenty first. He, he's like the fourth yeah, highest. He's recruiter. the fourth highest recruit. twenty first in the nation. No big deal. But uh, he he can shoot the open three. He can drive on you. He can shoot mid range. He has great vision. Can find these guys wide open. So Trey Jones is going to be a big problem as well. In my opinion, he's probably going to be a bigger problem than Cam Reddish will be.
0: So lots of lots of uh, talent on that side of the ball. Obviously, Duke has all has recruited really well the past few years. Really, yeah. I, in my humble opinion, I, I, I think Duke has done really good on the recruiting trail. Fun fact. <laughs> Did you know
1: that for every year since 2014, Duke has had a top three pick in the NBA draft? No, but it makes sense. Jabari Parker, Drew Leal Okafor, Brandon Ingram, Jason Tatum, and Marvin Bagley Jr. Oh. Now, only like one or two of those guys end up being okay, but <laughs> still. Has made they it. still have that stat. and They still boast about that stat.
0: I assume that 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 streak's going to continue this this season.
1: Well, yeah, they they literally may With have the, options, the top 3 picks. Yeah, the options. Like that's of, not that's not even a joke. They may have the top 3 picks in the draft. They could have four lottery picks. I don't know if that's ever happened before. I think I got close when you of Kentucky, but I don't think that's ever happened before.
0: Yeah, it, it would be something to see. And so so here's the thing. Go back to the game on Thursday. Your your defense has its it's work cut out for it um your defense is gonna have to have a really good night to allow your offense to do it because what the texas tech offense is it's it it uses a lot of time just like your defense forces your opponent to use a lot of time it used a lot of time to to move the ball around trying to find an open shot yeah. it's gonna have to be efficient um scoring on on a, a lot of its possessions
1: um and it's yeah so, so basically, you got to wear them out. They're freshmen; they may not be quite as conditioned or whatever. So you just got to wear them out. Be efficient, as you said. And the thing about Duke is they are freshmen. It's not like you're playing Villanova with a bunch of seniors where you know that even if they play bad, they're going to play good. You could get lucky, and they just could have an off night, like just a bunch of freshman mistakes. Your defense could force them to have an off night. Yeah, I think they. I think they forced like 18 turnovers mm-hmm. a game. Pretty high.
0: So. um Dan is having a Q&A post. Go up on Staking the Planes if you, you need to check that out. I'm not sure if it's going Wednesday or Thursday it's morning. Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday is what's going today. Today probably when you're listening to it. Um, If you listen to it after Wednesday, you should go read it. We will um, obviously touch back on this this game in our next recording, which may be a day later next week since today's December 18th. Which means next Tuesday, our normal recording day is Christmas. We will talk about the due game. There may even be a post game instant reaction depending on the outcome of the game. We'll depending on the outcome,
1: so we'll have to see. <laughs>
0: so, if we win, if, if Texas Tech wins, there will be a post game reaction. But will they win? What do you think is going to happen? Um, good point. I, when you talk about predictions here, I don't see the it's not that so sorry it's just i I have a hard time seeing everything working in tech's favor enough to win the game it may be closer than than a lot of of people might have originally thought um well well, yeah
1: i don't think it's going to be a 30 point blowout or anything i I which is what i initially thought like in september when i didn't know where where, where this team was at
0: i mean I, i i don't know a whole lot about the duke defense i just know it's not as good as their offense I just don't think your offense is good enough to keep up with even a slow down Duke team based on your defense. Well, yeah. D- defense to all the the, the coaching clichés, d- defense travels, um defense wins, championships. defense wins championships, all that kind of stuff. Your defense really could keep you in this game. We just haven't seen like outside of this past weekend, uh, we haven't seen a lot of offensive explosiveness and this weekend it really was just just one guy it was jared culver we need we need a usc
1: second half type performance need a lot of points just kidding we don't need to shoot 82 percent, but something (laughs) around 50 would be nice now luckily duke once again the freshman thing now you may not realize this because we've had guys like culver zyrus and kyler edwards who beard specifically picks out guys who are going to play hard in defense the whole time. But think about highly they rate recruits very commonly. They don't always try their hardest on defense. They're all about, give me the stats, get me in the league. They don't always have their best defensive performances.
0: So maybe tech can get some easy shots in that case. Certainly hope so. So if you look at, uh, if you, if you put any, any stock into this, but the ESPN basketball power index not really surprising. Duke has picked uh, 70% to Texas Tech's 30%. I
1: thought you were about to say 69 there for a second. Well, I rounded up. It would have been a nice
0: percentage. Nice. Um, and I'm not seeing any kind of line or anything. I, I don't know if, if, I guess ESPN app doesn't do that. But um, So, what do you think, what, what's your your thoughts on the game predictions how do you think it's going to play out i'll say i'll say tech loses by about 10 now
1: it's not like a 15 point down all of a sudden you're getting some guard time points 10 it's probably going to be like down like somewhere between like seven and five and they just get some free throws at the end type 10
0: yeah so we're we're, you're trying to slow it down and create more possessions yeah it's not a case where it's
1: going to come down to the final bucket, but we're going to keep it at least respectable till the end.
0: Here's the thing: if you lose this game against Duke, your season's not over. Um, you may drop in the rankings again. <gasps> yeah, but it's luckily, not, this you've drop. got the rest of your. You still have a non-conference game left, I believe, and then you've got yeah, you have UTRGV with uh, Jordan Jackson on the 28th. I'm going to that game. I got some tickets from my boss. Um, and then you've got 18 conference games. So you no, there's two long
1: conference games, UTRGV. And then you have that Arkansas big kind of, 12 sec challenge oh, right, right, that right. people care that's about, the but they also don't care about.
0: Yep. Sorry. I, I was thinking I was going chronologically. You, you have one more conference game before, sorry, you have one more non-conference game before you start big 12 play. And the Arkansas game is after you've already started. Um, but your 10 and 0 start is the best since, oh what was it you're like 39 1929 29 um
1: my grandparents weren't even born yet
0: <laughs> i i don't i think my grandparents were born but i don't know their their date of birth well enough to say they were in the first grade or whatever yeah i think mine <laughs> was born around like 33 but um that 1929 Team, I think they started off twelve and zero. I don't remember exactly. So if you if you get past Duke, you can match that if not pass it because you're beating
1: Duke. Obviously, that's eleven. UTRGV is twelve at West Virginia, which will be difficult. But West Virginia is not the team it has. That's the thing. West Virginia is really a bottom half conference team this year. Like I, every game I watch them, they have not looked good. They don't really have the athletes to run the press. James Bolden hasn't really stepped up. And then, didn't, um, Eason, Eason Maud, who I think one time compared himself to LeBron James. He's their leading scorer now. Their freshmen haven't really made an impact yet. So, uh, some guy that looks like Avery Benson's in their starting lineup. Uh, <laughs> well,
0: just because he looks like Avery Benson doesn't mean he's
1: okay. I mean, he's not, he's not that player. bad. I think, uh, <laughs> I was watching, I think it was West Virginia, F- Flor Yeah. I was watching West Virginia, Florida two weeks ago and. West Virginia was down like 10 with four minutes left. He kept them making threes. That at least gave him a chance to win. So he's not a bad player, but he definitely has his moments.
0: So West Virginia is 6-4. and four. This, this game's not even slated to be on TV. They're not good this year. Yeah. And then you host Kansas State, who's 7-2. and two. Dean Wade will be out. They were picked to possibly top third, top two or three. Uh, to finish in the conference. I think
1: they were finished. I think they were predicted second. Second, but yeah. It was really high. You're like, wow. If you read my basketball post, you know that I think K-State's a little overrated. We've beaten them three out of the past four times, including two or three,
0: including I think two of them by like average of like 20 points or something like that. And then news this week was that Dean Wade yeah, uh, is out indefinitely. It may have been the same foot he injured last season. I that think it's
1: a minimum two to three weeks. Like, uh, c- could be around eight weeks. But either way, I don't think he's playing that Kansas State game because that'll be uh, January fifth. Yeah, so that's about that's so about two and a half weeks. Two, yeah. So and, and and real quick back on the West Virginia point, although they aren't that good this year, Tech was three and six in the row last year. You lost to the oh, I said you we. Lost <laughs> to the last to the worst three teams in the conference standings on the road. So, road games are definitely not using the Big 12 all because the team is bad, doesn't mean we're going to win. So, that's yep. so that one will probably be a lot closer than we are expecting,
0: yeah. So, if you if Texas Tech we um beat Duke to get to 11 and 0, you've got the um UT UT RGV RGV. Then you got the road trip to West Virginia. That would get you to 12. Yeah. Home at well, Kansas.
1: Yeah, no, no, that. Yeah, that's 12. No, you know, 13. That's 13. That would be 13. The Kansas that. State would be 14.
0: And then Oklahoma would be the next game, and that's also in Lubbock. Oklahoma
1: is a very good team. They're better than last year. I know, I think Ray Young got annoyed because people were talking about Trey in the broadcast. But to be honest. Okay, okay to be honest. Trey was so good last year that they almost... I'm not saying Trey's a bad player. He's doing decent in the NBA right now. He's the by Not as good as Luka. Player. Well, yeah, Luka's going to be Which probably in, like an eight-time All-Star. <laughs> we're we're,
0: we're going to talk about that here in a second. I love Luka Doncic.
1: My God. Anyway, <laughs> Trey Young's doing pretty well in the NBA, but the Oklahoma... Now if Trey Young's not there, they learn to play without him. You're starting to see players you didn't notice before touch the ball more and guys step up. Christian James is a baller. He's going to be an all-Big 12 player. Jemaine McNeese is pretty dominant around the rim. You are not going to score easy on him. Brady Manick, obviously the skill set's not quite at this guy's level, obviously, but he looks like and plays like Larry Bird. He shoots three wells. He a uh, leading rebounder in the team. They have a lot of nice pieces at, at Oklahoma. I really like this team. So, and then and then you travel to Austin, Haven't won since '96. So that's going to be a tough one.
0: Uh, even though even though Texas is kind of stumbling a little bit early on this season, Te- I, Texas is one. They're they're underperforming probably. Texas to put it. plays to the
1: competition. They beat UNC earlier this year. Curling, Curling Roach had thirty two. And then they, they lost they were, to Radford. Yeah, they lost to Radford by two. They lost to VCU by one at Texas um, and then that Michigan state game, they were up by like 16. I was watching my brother. He was when he's goes to UT and he was freaking out and thank God, <laughs> Michigan state came back to win by like 10 or something. I was <laughs> not going to hear the end of that. So, um, but they definitely played to their competition.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Next couple of weeks in, in the, with the, in the basketball schedule for the basketball team um, all starts on Thursday night against Duke, 6 p.m. Central.
1: Look, Check it out. Yep. Worst case scenario, they lose. We go down a few spots, nothing happens. So, not this like, is yeah, not a big deal. All reward, no risk.
0: Let's get to some of your questions. Look at this 49 minutes in, and we're doing questions. Um, well, yeah, I, I don't think we're
1: talking 15 minutes about cars and farming.
0: Hey, man, that was like 20 minutes. And then we had like an eight minute uh farming and irrigation discussion and weather because we talked about the snow all good things man i don't know 10 inches 10 inches i I don't know what that dude's problem was all right peter Pointe. uh is duke the beginning of coach sorry is duke the beginning of coach beard scheduling more marquee pre-conference games especially with the level of recruits increasing absolutely yeah because here's the thing uh, as we just like said 10 seconds ago there's not a whole lot of risk in losing in scheduling games like this. Well, you can have you, you too get... many
1: and be like 500, but well, okay, you always sure. like to have like if you look at Duke's schedule, sure they play like Princeton and Yale and some other schools they creamed, but they have Gonzaga on there pretty good. They have uh, they destroyed Kentucky, so yeah, I like to have a few of those matchups because if you win, congrats, you're a top five team, you're really good. Everybody's looking at you. You get recruits, you get good rankings, stuff like that. If you lose, like Okay, well, they're losing the good teams. You still have plenty of time. Big 12 play to make it
0: up, right? With with the how long the basketball season is, losing a non conference game, especially against a marquee team like Duke, it's not going to end your schedule. It's not going to end your season like losing a non conference football game would. And, um, and, if and, it's,
1: you, and if you look at Chris Beard's scheduling since he's got here, he likes to schedule a few guys have like a neutral tournament. So usually we've been playing these small tournaments. Like last year we played the small one with Boston College Northwestern. This year the small one against USC Nebraska. Perhaps we'll go to some bigger tournaments. I mentioned the Maui tournament earlier. That's like the elite Thanksgiving tournament. There's the term, There's the battle for Atlantis. That's probably like the NIT of the Thanksgiving tournaments. That's a big one if you can get to that one. I think Oklahoma wasn't there this year. So perhaps you can get into these bigger Thanksgiving tournaments and play some higher competition and really separate from the pack.
0: Yeah, because the the past two years when you've played in a a tournament like this, you've kind of announced your season, right? Because last season when you played Northwestern, it was supposed to be a close game, or Northwestern picked a bit and then you beat them by thirty. You're like, wow, that wasn't expected. Then you go against like USC. Like, well, that that could be a good game, and you beat them. And then you're like, well, Nebraska's supposed to be really pretty good. You end up beating them.
1: Nebraska's like. Not quite. I think they were 26. They didn't quite get the votes. But Nebraska fans, I, I don't think they've ever won a tournament game, which, <laughs> you know, we complain. I don't think we can com- – we don't complain, but we don't say we have a large history because we went to our first lead eight. But imagine not even having a tournament win. Anyway, they had – basically they were posting about this is our best team ever. All their fans show up. They're up by like 11 the first half, and you win by 18. And, and yep. Culver drops 28 on you. I think I think at one point he banked into three and just did the Kobe shrug and like, oh well I guess <laughs> well, I'm on tonight. If,
0: if if everything's dropping then. Um so yeah, I, I I think scheduling games like this will continue. It will do nothing but help. Probably at least that tournament that Thanksgiving and one tournament game. and
1: then one or two big games. Yeah. Yep. So a follow up question who do you want to play? Is there any particular school you would want to play? Like any team you
0: grew up watching? No, because I I didn't I didn't grow up a big uh, college basketball fan. I have a lot of in law family that grew up or went to Kentucky. I think that would be Ooh, a cool Dan to Dan would love that. I, I'd be pretty. Can cool you Matt,
1: if if Texas Tech beat Kentucky? Dan would literally burn down his house in excitement.
0: <laughs> he would he would do something
1: because that, that that man is is all about Texas Tech basketball. I I liked the uh, I was never a fan of any I I watched college basketball as a huge college basketball fan, but I always liked the Tyler Hansbrough, Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington North Carolina team. So I thought I think playing them would be pretty cool. Um, Michigan State of Tom Izzo that's always a big program that's that that that'd be a cool one to play. Um, maybe Indiana that'd be interesting
0: Bob Knight's old place because mm-hmm. they 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 were that they were really good for a long stretch. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other other teams that I know that were good. But I'm, schedule high point get Tubby Smith over here. <laughs> oh my goodness, I, I can't believe like wherever Billy Alf- Gillespie is is even in Indi- Indy? I think he's Luke no, he's no, no, no. I, I think he's at Ranger College okay. a, here in Texas. Um. So yeah, I, besides like a, a Kentucky or something like that, where Syracuse maybe Syracuse? Ooh, Syracuse that well. Actually, that could be pretty cool. Not, n-
1: not anymore. is I think this is Jim Boeheim's last year. One, if next year is if next year his last year, then absolutely let's get Syracuse. If this year is his last year, then
0: who cares? He's gone. Yeah. Um. So from T uh, T U Preston, will Tech go down in the rankings if Tech beats Duke?
1: <laughs> okay. So here's the thing about the <laughs> rankings thing. It's. I, I totally expected this, and here's why. First of all, when you're looking at rankings, don't look at Tech is 11, UNC is 12. Look at how many votes they got. If you look at it, Tech was literally one vote ahead of UNC. So you knew that if they beat anybody good, they were going to pass them. Yep. And, yes, I know UNC has two losses, but their schedule was ridiculous. Um, obviously, they beat Gonzaga. Who beat Duke, so. They beat Duke, yeah. Uh I mean, they, I mean, they play a lot of good teams. They played, yeah, number four Gonzaga, number five Michigan, who's undefeated. So Michigan may literally may be the best team in the country. You lost, they lost it then. They played UCLA. They lost to Texas, which doesn't look that great. But Texas is also a team that can beat anybody any any night. And if you look at who Texas Tech played, uh, obviously twenty five Nebraska, five hundred USC. 500 or below 500 Memphis, and a bunch of teams that probably won't make the tournament. Any tournament. Probably not any. (laughs) I I think Christian I was high on, but after watching them play and lose by 30-something, I mean, Tech's good, but I don't know if you lose by 30-something to Tech if you're going to be able to make the tournament. Anyway, the point is, if UNC has our schedule, they're probably undefeated, too. You'd probably agree with that, right? Yep. And they also have more known talent, so... If there's a tiebreaker, it's going to be, okay, who has NBA guys? They have Nazir Little, who if you haven't heard of him, he's this dynamic point guard. He's got great hair. He can shoot from anywhere. He's going to be a top five pick, top ten pick in the NBA draft. So that's why UNC is ahead of Tech because they beat number four. We've beaten a bunch of teams that a lot of teams would beat. That's, That's just how it is. We're undefeated, but, you know, unless you schedule higher. I mean, yeah, that means something, but also a lot of teams would be and I wouldn't say a lot of teams, but there'd be there's a decent amount of teams that would be undefeated or close to undefeated with our schedule.
0: So uh, let me ask you this: When what was Tech's highest ranking during the basketball season last year? Six. Six. It was the highest ranking in all time. Where were you ranked going into conference play, or were you? You were twenty fourth, playing number eighteen
1: Baylor, I believe. So my bad, twenty four. You're twenty first, playing number eighteen Baylor, I think.
0: So basically at this same point last year you were in the twenties and you got up to sixth based on all the the yeah. strength of playing the Big Twelve schedule.
1: You got from twenty six to eighteen from being Baylor. You jumped up to ten from beating Kansas. You jumped up to uh eight from losing to Oklahoma and beating number two West Virginia, I believe. Then you jumped so That was a wild game. Yeah, yeah. West Virginia I, game then, at home. <laughs> yeah, then I think you jumped up to seven from beating I, I may, maybe get my game strong, but I think you jumped up from seven from just dominating TCU and beating Texas. And then I think you actually lost to Baylor, but jumped up to sixth next week. Cause a lot of teams above you lost yep. to, to worst teams. Like ours was a two point buzzer beating loss to Baylor because Keenan Evans broke his foot or hurt his foot in the first half, which is definitely a gave me win with Keenan.
0: Yeah. Um, Preston asks another question, early signing periods is back to football. Good or no. I think it's good. I think it's it's put Tech in a weird position this year.
1: I like it for the recruits because uh, you've seen times where coaches coaching changes happen. They just kind of, I guess, don't really care for a guy, so don't communicate with them. Basically, say you don't have a scholarship without saying it. So it kind of forces them to keep the recruit. So the recruit's not looking around December, January, have to go to a Juco or lower level because of a coaching change or something that happened. Yeah. It basically forces the coach to keep the recruit, which is good for obviously for the kids.
0: Okay. Uh, thoughts on the watching the Utah state bowl game. Did, did not, you watch it? Did not watch it. I was at work, but I heard it was very good for Utah state. <laughs> I, I watched probably most of the first half. Um, and I wasn't like undivided attention. So what what surprised me is I was I was I was you know doing other things around the house more in the living room, and it was it went from seven to seven to thirty five to seven, Jeez. really quickly. I was like, what just happened? And then I was, I was looking back like it was just bomb after bomb. And you, the you one play I saw turning. I
1: think was an interception that almost got returned for a touchdown, and it was thirty five seven.
0: Yeah. So the the linebacker whatever his name uh, was he separated the receiver from the ball, the ball from the receiver. Wasn't targeting it, though. Nope, he left with his shoulder. He was maybe a defenseless receiver. I don't know. It didn't matter. It, it wasn't <laughs> called knows? because it wasn't a Big Twelve crew.
1: Um, if it was, if it was Sean Johnson, would have been called immediately. I or, think that or guy. Dorsey. I think that. Well, well Dorsey's have been reversed. I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to bet like a large amount of money that Sean Johnson leads Texas Tech in career targeting penalties, or almost targeting penalties. I, I feel like every other game he's being called or almost called.
0: I probably would agree. Um I mean, it's there there's probably some some things you can take away from that game. You can look at the Utah State offense and say that's where Yost is trying to get Texas Tech. I don't think you're very far off. I do think you've got better talent.
1: Which I guess another point of that West uh Utah State, North Texas game, and those who won Latrell maybe were like, okay, well, maybe this Wells guy knows what he's doing.
0: Keith, we have to throw in he, – he, he had a – Because Latrell was coaching that game. Wells wasn't, yet his team still won by like 30. Yep. Uh, he, he was trying to get a, a meme put together for Latrell. You were the chosen one. He was the, the scene from – The Obi-Wan, the – Obi-Wan Benjamin. to –
1: Yeah. Um, and I will say that one thing that did concern me is I heard when he was up a lot, they were still going fast, which personally I'm not crazy for. I think good teams know how to pace themselves whenever they need to be paced. Like if you're up twenty something, like in the second half, you I think you need to be able to learn how to put like eight nine minute drives together or seven minute drives, so that
0: way the other team doesn't have like six chances to to score. But it, my counter argument to that is if your offense is is working that way, it's still being effective, why change it, right? Well, like all it takes still, is one drop or one holding penalty, and that drive is killed. But it's still, I mean, it's as effective to take that much time off than it is to put more points on the board, right? Yeah. I've just, I, but I've, the, 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 the risk you run of going fast if your offense, like you were saying, you go fast and don't get anything. You're just allowing your defense... Yeah, and
1: then it is on the field for like yep. 35, 40 minutes. I don't know. I just, like, I like the air raid. I'm not in love with it like some people, but I like it. But I've just never been a fan of the go fast all the time. I think I think you need to be able to tempo yourself, which is something that Cliff started to learn in his last year. Just need to learn to tempo yourself and have long drives whenever necessary.
0: Yeah, and, and there were points this season where Texas Tech was leading the country in time of possession, which is a strange thing, strange thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um Last question from Preston. Sushi for Christmas dinner.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I never, would, I've never had sushi in my life, actually. I've uh, almost had it a couple times. I'd
0: probably pass and do it like more traditional. I think, actually, our Christmas dinner, uh, it would actually be Christmas lunch because we have to get back on the road and, and come back. I think we're doing um, prime rib. Looking forward to that again. We, we did it last year, and it was really good. I have um, some family out in Kilgore, and every year, like, they have a – Bunch of cattle
1: and pigs out there. Like They they basically have a farm that's not really a farm. But every year they bring this Christmas ham. And yeah. I'm, I don't like ham. I don't really care. I mean, I don't hate ham. But if I'm picking my meats between, like, roast beef, turkey, beef, uh, ham, ham's probably last from near the bottom of that list. But this ham is pretty good, and I always look forward to that every year.
0: <laughs> the the only thing that I, I think we've done, a little strangely, I think, I think we've gone out together as a family on other Christmas Eve in the past or like New Year's Eve and done like a Chinese buffet type thing sushi on Christmas though I- I'm gonna say no and you gotta have eggnog love yeah. me some eggnog we, so we, we got some eggnog at the store the other day um, and it's like super thin it's like, like a just like a regular milk almost like this isn't eggnog this isn't no it's gotta be thick. thick it's gotta be yeah real thick
1: and what I also look forward to every year is ever since I turned 21 my mom's been getting me uh, basically horchata horse shot of liquor the alcohol by volume is only twelve percent, but it it really hits the spot. Isn't twelve percent
0: what like most beers are? Beers, I think, are like, not in Oklahoma like five or something.
1: <laughs> like it's it, like it's double the amount I think of beer is okay. but it's not See, like there's not you. like Sailor Jerry's that's like thirty five or forty or whatever it is.
0: Kyle Lang or Long uh after Utah State took North Texas to the woodshed, how are you feeling about the coaching hire? Um, I mean, it, it was it was good to see the like a, a direct comparison. Like, okay, this is a Matt Wells team versus a Seth Luttrell team. Um, and it wasn't even close, right? It was a forty point win for Utah State. Um, it it's it was it was exciting to see a Yoast offense do really well. I still have concerns about. Patterson defense, even though they only gave up the 13 points to North Texas, um, well, well, North it's Texas also a bowl to, game though. Well, so. North
1: Texas supposed to be a high-powered offense, right?
0: Yeah, but then again, uh, I, their their quarterback was injured. Yeah, so I was about to say like it.
1: like I saw a different quarterback and
0: yeah, Mason Fine did not play the entire game. And if,
1: I, I think their back quarterback had like a simple name too. I was just laughing at their quarterback name, simple. Well, I mean, like it's like common, like English dictionary words. Like it's not Labar, <laughs> or Rogers, or McDonald. Or it's like very like simple words.
0: So I, it's me saying it's a bowl game. I don't. I don't think you can take much from a bowl game. Just like we were saying, you can't decide Bean, whether or not Bean
1: was his name. Bean, Bean, that cool. fine and Bean.
0: <laughs> uh, like we were saying early on in the season when it was uh, possible that Kingsbury was going to be fired. You can't. You can't have your decision rely on the outcome of a ball game. No. Um, but that's, that's the questions we had. Michael, I, we do this every episode. What do we learn this week? I have something this week. Oh, you did. You came prepared. Good. But I'm also not going to share it.
1: Um, <laughs> no, but anyway, I was going to, um, I graduated last May and one of my former roommates was graduating in December. So I went to his gradual graduation and, you know, there's this big old commuter lot that everybody parks in. It takes like 30 minutes, an hour to get out. Or you could park uh, some other places too. But I'm not going to quite share my spot because I, <laughs> I want this secret with me a little while longer while I'm still in Lubbock.
0: Is this for like a, a basketball game or like this a this game? This is any
1: time you go to a graduation or a oh, basketball okay. game or Vented USA. I found a parking spot that you can park in and won't be towed. And I can get in and out in five minutes. I have been but work, you're not going share it. I have been working this craft. <laughs> I've been more stuck in 45 minutes lines.
0: My freshman year, I've been working my way to finding the perfect spot, and I think I finally found one. Which is funny because there for a while, um, there was somebody in our family graduating at every successive graduation ceremony. Like It was like May, August, December, May. I was like, oh, my gosh. I don't even think doing? they have August ceremonies at Tech anymore. I think they did a wave to summer graduations. Well, This was like six or seven years ago. Yeah, but there was a there was a year stretch. We went to five or six graduations. Knowing that would have been helpful back then. Yeah, this is
1: something I've done ever since I've been a tech. Not only parking but tickets, like at football games. I used to park. I I did was a little bit was by the end zone, and then I was like, well, these seats are bad. You can't see anything inside the the field. And I worked my way. The best seat is. Closer to the double T scoreboard by the 40-yard line because you're obviously middle of the field. You can get first row. You don't have to beat, like, a huge crowd because all the crowds go to, like, the end zone and 10-yard line. So you can get first row without being the crowd. Yet the crowd's still rowdy. You can still have the diehards who wait in line, and you have the drunk people that have been drinking for, like, five hours. So you still get <laughs> that, that that atmosphere. Basketball games. I started at the baseline, and then I realized I'm 5'6". These... uh. These Palm Squad members with boots are around the same height as me. I can't see over them. <laughs> so I moved to the corner, but those were hard to get because everybody goes there. So I, I think and my Isn't
0: where, where that group usually sets up? Yeah, the, the, the group. One that, that the, Dan the group, had a – Yeah, a Raider Airbnb. Ride. They sit Raider there now. Ride.
1: I used to sit there my freshman year, but I was like, I can't see anything because these girls are taller than me. <laughs> but anyway, now I moved to three rows back in the, at the midcourt. So I could so the media people aren't too tall for me, and I can still enjoy the game.
0: Because they're usually seated
1: the whole time. Yeah, but but like but like the first row is basically like same level as media people, so you still can't really see them. So I'm usually like three rows yep. up. And then for baseball, I went from sitting behind the visitor dugout, but there's a giant fence in my way, I can't see to behind uh basically an on deck circle for the visiting team, but it's hot. I don't want to get sunburned every single time or have to put on suntan lotion every
0: Dude, couple okay. hours. Speaking of, I still have a tan line from a game I went to in the spring. Still? When I got burned across the top of my knees. Like Yeah, it's still there. This is the, eight months ago and I still have a dark little triangle on the top of my knees. Yeah.
1: And now I sit usually a little bit it's not quite as close, but you can see more to feel like a little bit more further up near the media area. Cause there's also a shade over my head. Also, if it's raining, it doesn't get quite as wet. So
0: yeah, the the season tickets that we had in our office this year that you sat with us a, a few times, um, like, they're they're sneaky good. Like they're, they're they are they're usually pretty tickets. quick to be in, in the shade because when we're, you
1: weren't sitting there, I I sat in your seats. <laughs>
0: That's okay because I just I was just always banking on no one else showing up. Well, here's the thing: is, is I'm not I I I don't go to Sunday games. So those games that I had the tickets for Friday and Saturday. They're almost always going to be open on Sunday. Um, excuse me. They were on the first base side, the home side, but were so well, central. I, well, I mean, it was, like, it's,
1: yeah, it, it, it's more. It's technically first base side, but it's it's, it's like but yeah. You know, but if you had to separate it between third base, first base, and home plate, and it's
0: up. more. It's more towards home plate than first base. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was. It, it got in the shade real early on. Um, it was in the 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 top section, but like three or four rows up from from that dividing that's that's a bad thing about those seats they're low of, enough a lot of foot traffic the foot traffic in front of you especially early on in games because people are still showing up you're missing you're you're missing a lot of it what i like um, doing for
1: the red and black series my f- favorite seats are right behind home plate about seven rows up. so the so the people walking aren't in your way and you're also in the shade yeah i think that'd be if i had to get season tickets that's exactly where where i want them
0: it's also a, a good spot. Uh, the, the ones that we were in, if you want to be on TV, Well I, my cousins and everything kept saying, "Hey man, you're, you're on the TV again." I, we ended up on the broadcast several times. Isn't um, isn't Keith a
1: first base heckler,
0: right? I don't know. We'll have to ask, we'll ask him about that. I think. Uh, well, I I know he's in that
1: college Rules Series video of him, uh, right next to the uh, the netting or whatever
0: on the first. Yeah but, yeah, but
1: but I think he may be part of that first base heckler group that has the. Chicken hanging from the from the from the uh netting the whole time. Yeah, because I know always I know
0: teasing people. Chris Needs in that group. I don't know if he's in that group with him. But Keith is as big of a baseball fan as Labar is, maybe bigger. We'll see. I wow. don't know. I'm I'm the to challenge them on that one. Challenge um, I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. I, it's not something I've been able to get into like in terms of like stats wise, be able to, to track all that. It's just well, hard
1: to do unless you like go to all the games. It's one of these sports is hard to keep track of because a lot of them aren't on like maybe half of them are on TV. So it's, it's just really, it's just
0: a one that's really hard to follow if you're not there. Right. And, um, there's just so many, like you play nearly or right at 60 games a season, right? Basically.
1: So, like fifty-five,
0: um, sixty. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm looking forward to baseball season, but that's that, that's where you found out where to sit.
1: Um, <laughs> that was that was a long. Uh, what did I learn?
0: Long, long. What did I learn? Answer. The one thing I learned. Um, I, I don't know how I. I'm going to use this this time to kind of complain about the throwback game this weekend. Yes, please. I forgot to mention this. <laughs> so, uh, Labar and I both went to the the throwback game we sat together. Um, I ordered my, my tickets online and the delivery method said mail, right? But that they, they never showed up. I was like, well, okay. That just means they're probably gonna be at will call,
1: which so is, which, to- which I, which I showed you. Like if you buy them online, they had instructions for me was to will call, right? Like it was like a, like I ended up buying them from the athletic office cause I don't trust people mailing me anything or will call. I don't trust all that. I've done that before. I don't like it. So it was a $10 ticket for me to buy from athletic office. If I would have done a will call, it was going to cost me $19. $9 fee just to literally for you to go carry, pick it up carry or, a bunch of tickets in the box and walk it over to the Coliseum. Right. 9 bucks for that.
0: Yep. So ours, um, the delivery method was mail. Uh, Saturday comes, no tickets have showed up. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that just means it just apart with all of the online tickets, they're going to be at will call. I go to the the Coliseum last game in the Coliseum. Find out the will call line goes like halfway through that west parking lot for the football stadium. It probably would have been about thirty minute wait. Which, okay, all things considered, not that big of a, a deal, right? I got in line a little bit after six forty five for a seven o'clock tip. Not expecting to be in line for An hour twenty off,
1: minutes. But yeah. It was a 6 o'clock.
0: 45 <laughs> for a 6 o'clock tip. There it is. Um, it's
1: okay. I had the whole Luke Wells is black there, so <laughs> mine's a little, uh, my, my, my mistake's a little worse. Yeah,
0: well, that's okay. Um, wait in line, get all the way. Basically, I, I'm at the front of the line and it's 7, 6, sorry, 6.05. The game's already started. We, we can hear it going on. Um, athletic department staff just opens the door and says, okay, anybody with a, Will call like GA. Will call seat. Just, just just walk in. We're, we're not going to make you wait anymore. The line was still halfway into the parking lot. So these people were going to miss a majority of the game. I, I was joking with you because I was going to come sit with you. I was like, well, I'll meet you at halftime. Basically expecting to be to take that long. So one that that was a big just disaster that you have. You basically force all all everybody that had purchased their tickets online to go through will call, and then only have one will call station or whatever you want to call it yeah, that's available. A, that's it the was thing. super slow.
1: Like unless you bought the ticket in person, which the athletics office is open like eight, three to five, right? Yeah. So if you have like an eight to five, nine to five job, you're probably not getting in this to go in during break. So I'm assuming a majority, probably like 60, 70% of the people either in town for graduation or were working or ordered a home like you, mm-hmm. they're going to be will call. So why do you have four or five open for tickets and only one for will call? Did he not know how many will call tickets there were going to be? Yeah. Not, not only that, but there was a friendship love and Cooper gang going on prior, so
0: which ran a little bit late because I, I saw that they were they started yeah. letting people the fans it, in at like five like
1: it said we're letting the men at five twenty five they really let them in around five fifteen but still okay. that's like forty five minutes basically to get through they that, There's seven thousand people that were yeah 7,000 7, people let's just be generous and say 4,000, 3,000, let's just be generous and say 3,000 had handheld tickets. So that's 4,000 people in 45 minutes through one line to check your name, get the ticket and give it to
0: you. Yep. So the, that, that was a big problem. Um, the other thing I didn't notice when I walked in, cause I just walked straight in and just went to the seat. Um, halftime I get up, I was, you know, I was going to, Compensate Labar for helping me identify where Will Call was, which line I needed to be in, because he was going to go check which for me. But then he's like, evening. "Which I, I'm I'm glad you didn't like wait in line because that would have been stupid." Um, so I get up at halftime to go get like concessions, right? I went to go get popcorn and, and and a drink. They didn't have concessions open. They had basically like a cooler with drinks in it, and they had like a rolling popcorn cart. Now, they were were selling some, like, Chick-fil-A sandwiches and, like, barbecue and nachos. Like, it was a weird combination of stuff. But that had had been catered in, right? Like, the Chick-fil-A was brought over probably from the restaurant across Marsha Sharp. Which, by the way, y'all still can't guess which one I currently work at. That's right. The bar works. You'll never know. Yeah. one he he won't. Someone's got to make money. He he didn't didn't tell us that that he worked at Chick-fil-A for a long time. And then when, when we found out where it was, or sorry, found out that he worked at Chick Fil A, won't tell us which one he works at. I but,
1: mean, I work in the back, so you won't be able to find me anyway. My pleasure. I've <laughs> said that zero times since I've been there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't interact with a lot of customers. That's okay, but the, they didn't have like concessions open. Like this is, I, I understand that they're trying to close down the stadium, um, but like but, okay, you have, well, you have well, a, a big time game, and like you don't open up concessions. You have like, these really. Wonky lines. So here's the so thing: spent, like,
1: isn't it being like imploded or something? I assume something
0: like that is going to happen. There. So the demolition plans were approved at the last board meeting, where we we got the Matt Wells contract details. I didn't read the the details on the demolition. But anyway, the point is, if you're not host, or if you're, I don't know if you're hosting many events there. If
1: you are hosting events, but if you're not really hosting any, you, you don't really need to clean it up because it's all going to be broken down anyway, right?
0: Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. I spent. The entire halftime, which was 20 minutes or 15 it minutes. 50,
1: it was a short and 15 minutes, which I don't know why. Maybe it's because it wasn't on TV, so it didn't have to do all the TV stuff.
0: And then I came back, what, like 15 minutes to go?
1: Yeah, 15 and a half. So you missed the first so five minutes. So I missed minutes. the first
0: five minutes of game time. So I probably spent 30 minutes waiting in line to buy two things of popcorn. I'm pretty sure I sold my box over there. I didn't throw it away. And a drink because the concession lines weren't open. Mm. So I missed almost 20 minutes of game time Yeah, waiting in
1: line. There's 40 minutes. He spent five minutes trying to get in, five minutes sorting food, and then I think we left when—
0: With five minutes to go. Yeah. I, will, <laughs> I, I,
1: I have this, like another one of my weird theories, that there's this certain guy when he comes in for the team, it's okay to leave. Like for the Celtics, is Brad Wanamaker. If he comes in the game, I know the game's over. So Andrew Sorrels comes in the game like, okay, well, this is over. I'll see you later. Yep. So we left about four minutes. Yeah, about four minutes, yeah, minutes three thirty.
0: Um, so w- what I learned, for some reason, special athletic events at Texas Tech not planned super well. I and maybe it's one of
1: these things that because this closing down wasn't that great. Okay. And also one one thing I forgot to mention about how big hot
0: it was in there. Yeah, it was. It was steamy. <laughs> it was on a cold day. That 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 arena was was, yeah. But it, oh, it, also, it, oh. ticket update. My basketball tickets came in the mail monday on monday so the, the game was on saturday i got my tickets in the mail on monday
1: well here's the thing it's the last game at the coliseum so maybe problem i don't know like how big of a texas tech history buffs there's going to be or in college basketball buffs but maybe that's worth that stub's worth something one day but anyway i got three of them yeah the, the, <laughs> the point i was trying to get at it well the fact it was the last game but the point I try to get at is I'm not going to mention this restaurant, but one time, because I actually do semi-like this restaurant. But one time I went to a restaurant and they got like terrible service. Like it was dark margaritas and we only got one really because they were never at a table or food came out like 15, 20 minutes late. It's like, man, it's the worst experience we ever had. We're never coming back here. Well, the reason probably why is because two weeks later it closed down. <laughs> so they probably were like, well, I don't have a job. I don't have to impress people. Right. But maybe it's like a case where it's like the last one there is like, ah, oh, we don't really have to impress anybody. I mean, no one's ever
0: coming back here anyway. <laughs> All right, LeBar, thanks for joining us this week on the 23 Personal Podcast where 23 Personal may actually be a thing at Texas Tech coming up.
1: My favorite part of this podcast is us sinking on 23 Personnel. That was, that was unplanned, and this worked was out so, so great.
0: It was good. Um, for Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that.